Hey, everybody, thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. Just wanted to remind you guys, keep sharing it. Keep letting people know about what we're doing. It's helped a ton, and I'm still trying to get the word out to uh, get some more people listening. Uh, This week, we're fortunate enough to bring you a gentleman named Dale Roop uh, from First Westland Church in Battle Creek, Michigan. And uh, his story is pretty amazing. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. All right, Dale. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. You're welcome. Um, fortunate to be back here at uh, First Wesley again and giving us a little place where we can sit down and talk for a few minutes and get to know each other a little bit. Absolutely. Um, will you let the listeners just kind of know a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Dale Roop and I'm 56 years old. Uh, retired from the city of Battle Creek. I was a maintenance uh, supervisor retired from there and came up through the ranks so 32 and a half years with the city and uh, before that I was uh, Marines so I was in the Marine Corps from 78 to 82 mm-hmm. and uh, started with the city a month after I got out and uh, now I'm retired and I mow fairways you know just to so I can get free golf and <laughs> you know, that sounds so like the life it, 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 it is and I, I enjoy my I enjoy my life yeah I used to be an avid scuba diver and I used to teach scuba, and uh, it, taken me, it took me all over the world. It took me to Australia and Egypt and Honduras and, and uh, South Pacific and, you know, Cozumel. Nice. So it's taken me all over the place. So, so Where did you teach scuba for? For the, for the Marine Corps? Oh, no, no, he, here in town. Yeah, it was, you know, so, um, you know, I had my own business. It was called Scuba Do. And uh, so it was. It was fun. Yeah, good. yeah, I enjoyed it. it was, it's been a good life, but there was a lot of things missing in my life. And after looking back on it, I realized what it was. Yeah. So, but, so when, uh, when you say things that are missing, what do you? I mean, what do you? I mean, just. Uh, that I of, lived. I lived my life for myself. I lived my life for my joy, my happiness, and all I did was was. I had I had fun. I w- had a lot of experiences, but to say I was happy, you know, I was searching, and I was searching. And and instead of some people use drugs, some people use alcohol. I was using experiences. I'd go on dive trips. I would, you know, just live my life for me and and. and trying to find the happiness so in that in that outward appearance of the world I mean you you have a business you're running mm-hmm. it you got time you're traveling the world you're doing things mm-hmm. that that most people would look at and just say hey that guy's this that guy's, guy's looking the dream. he is and I wasn't I wasn't just just feeling that yeah. empty I still search yeah I, I had a lot of emptiness I was married and wasn't happy um, I was those who knew me the most uh, knew that I wasn't the happiest guy, you know, that I had, I was putting on a face and putting on a front. And so consequently what happened was I was mean, you know, I was angry. And things that didn't go my way, you know, I was the king of my castle and, you know, if it didn't go the way I thought, then I, I lashed out. Just kind of that authoritarian. Authoritarian, you know, and, and my kids, you know, they, they, they got the brunt of it. 
And so there was a lot of things that I missed out on with the kids while they were growing up. And I feel, I feel so regretful uh, because of that. And um, so after 20 years of marriage, I got a divorce and I remarried two years later. And I had an old pastor tell me one time, he said, you know, until you fix what's wrong, you're bound to do it again. And sure enough, you know, I hadn't fixed what was wrong. I figured it was the marriage. I figured it was her. And it wasn't. It was me. Do a little self-reflection. Yeah, it was, it, it was me because I didn't see the big picture until the woman that I married the second time. We were sitting down. Of course, it went into a blended family then. And we were sitting in the living room dividing up everything. And it wasn't until then that said, you need to surrender. And God came into my life. And I knew God when I was a little children. I accepted him as a little children, but I didn't surrender to him. I went in the Marine Corps and I was still living my life. I didn't surrender, I didn't know what it was. I accepted Christ because that's what I was expected to do in my household. Yeah, so people, that's what people do. We throw up people, and... Yeah. yeah, and so consequently, I didn't know about this surrender thing and how to act or what to do. And, you know, I... And so I remember distinctively saying, when I turn 40 years old, I have time for Christ. But right now, I have time for Dale. Man. And it was hard. It was hard. And a guy where I worked... Uh, for the city of Battle Creek. He didn't know me from Adam. And he came up to me one day, and it was real close to 40 years old. And he came up to me one day, he said, I got a message for you that I've been really having a hard time giving to you. He said, I've been told about a month ago to bring you this message, and I didn't know how you were gonna take it. And I said, what is it? He goes, man, I don't know how you're gonna take it. I said, just spill it out to me. He goes, God wants you back. Yeah, it's amazing how that works sometimes. You yeah, know? and so you know, you talked about kind of having that authoritarian mm -hmm. type leadership at at home. Mm -hmm. Did that also follow you into work? And oh my that, word, yes. The, the guys knew you as just kind of don't cross him. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was my way or the highway, and that wasn't good. Yeah. Um, so for it, for a guy to really step up and say, hey, yeah. I'm going to talk to you about something that's uncomfortable. Yeah, because he didn't know. He didn't know my history. He didn't know me. He didn't know, you know, but he said, God wants you back. Not God wants you. God wants you back. Yeah. Now, the words that he chose, wow. Wow, it was, it was awesome. And did I follow him then? No. I still... You know, but I thought, you know, that's when God started working. What do you think that first little step was? Awareness. Awareness of, of, of that I did give my life to Christ, that I have accepted his redeeming grace, but now to take the next step. Yeah. And, and I still didn't do it because I still didn't know what it was all about until we were sitting and I was going to go through, getting ready to go through my second divorce. 
and all of a sudden the picture just opened up. They said, you need to surrender. And this is what it looks like. And that point on, I was the type of person that didn't like to read. And I kept that. And I, and I would get all my messages about God and the Bible through church services, through everybody else. You can't do it that way. I couldn't do it that way. I sat down and I made a vow to God. You want me to surrender? This is how, I was gonna, this is how I'm going to do it. And I made a decision that every day for five minutes I will read the Word. And that first year I read the Bible all the way through. And it went from five minutes to 15 to half hour to an hour hour and a half and I would pray I would pray that he would open up open up my mind and my heart for him and show me what I've been doing wrong did you notice that as you're spending more time in you feel that you're being fed you feel that that you just your your mind takes it in more. You oh can, my you can word! Just yes, live on that. And I guide had, yourself by. I that. had I had looking back on it. I mean, there were days that I know I was taking a shower and I'm thinking, you know, I just feel like a, a visitor in my home, and I had demons. I had demons in me that would sit there and say, okay, all right, you know, you you know, you got a great wife, and but you know, just you know, you feel like a visitor. You know, it's it's she wants me for the money. You know, she wants me to take care of her. Uh, she doesn't really love me, and I'm thinking, yes, she does. What am I thinking? And the more I was in the Word, the more I was praying, the more I was surrendering. Um, it was this peace that came about, and it was that feeling to say the Holy Spirit came inside of me because I always heard, even while growing up, that when you accept your, give yourself to Christ, that the Holy Spirit will you know, come into you. And people knew their dates and knew everything else about when they gave their lives to Christ. I don't know the date. I don't either. I don't know when the Holy <laughs> Spirit came into me. I didn't have that feeling, huh. you know. But when I finally surrendered, I still don't know the date, but I had the feeling. The Holy Spirit came into me. I don't think the date's what we shoot for. You know what I mean? The yeah. Date, the date's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It to, yeah. But I was no longer angry. I was uplifting to the wife and to the kids, to those around me. My, my attitude or my relationships at work went from authoritarian to serving because that was part of my prayer too, was to mend relationships. Have that servant's heart. Because to, to, to lead, you have to lead like Christ, and Christ led as a servant, so I did. You know, and that's amazing, <laughs> because I walked in this morning, you know, I walk into church, you're on the greeting team, I walk in the door, you shaking hands, you know, and everybody who comes in, you got a huge smile on your face. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, I couldn't imagine you a different way. You know what oh. I mean? And 
it, it's a it's amazing to see it. It it's a great transformation. Yeah. It was it was a God thing in my family, and now divorce is off the table. Were you, you know. did, were you able to salvage this? Oh marriage? yeah, Man. yeah. We, I, I, you know, God salvaged it. It wasn't. Yeah. You guys neither. were able to work through it. We worked and, through and it. Bring God back into that relationship. And we put. We both. She put God first before I did. It was about six months, and I watched her, and she surrendered. And she knew Christ a long time ago, also, but she finally surrendered. And I watched. And I, okay, this is how it's done. And that I became the spiritual leader of the house. And what God has done in my household and through my kids and stepkids, it's a, it's a miracle. It's a God thing. I did nothing. So when people go through to say, you know, it's lost, it's done, it's over, there's nothing God can't do. He can mend relationships. He mended mine. So now you've, you've, you've talked with your kids. I take it those yeah. relationships have been rebuilt, re, yep. redone. Re, rebuilt. And, and for Father's Day, I still have a little issue with my daughter. But my step, I had, for Father's Day, my, my stepboy sent me a text. And he said, you know, I just love the relationship that we built. And I can't wait because he's coming home at the end of the month. He said, I can't wait to have some conversations out in the barn again. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's a fantastic way to put it, too, because, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know I come from blended families on mm -hmm. both sides. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, my stepfather, mm -hmm. you know, that is, you build those relationships. Yeah. Those aren't, you know, a, a parent-child relationship. You both have you, to put you, in the effort because yeah. it's so easy for one person to just walk away yep. and say, oh, you're not my dad or you're not my kid. Exactly. And, and just accept that for what it is. And you, sure, you push through life and you, mm -hmm. you got to do things together. But to actually build that relationship, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I mean, and we do. Yeah. I'm a mechanic by trade. You know, even though I retired and I got, I got a pole barn out on my property and I've always, always have been. And I always told the kids, I said, look, if you want to talk, we don't have to talk in the house. We can talk out in the pole barn. And what's said in the pole barn stays in the pole barn. And we resolved a lot of issues out there. You know, and it's interesting. I used to do a lot of work with high school ministries mm -hmm. and, and dealing with the kids that are involved in the ministries that I was in, um, the kids who would come up to me before I even had children, you know, I would talk to them and, and my, my goal was to always, when I had children, uh, to have them know that their dad loved them, their dad cared for them. Oh, absolutely. And it was, it was funny because there's, it seemed like there was vastly different ideas in dealing with these kids. There was kids who adamantly said, I know my parents love me. I know my parents care for me. And other ones who felt that they were alone and had nobody else. And I started kind of probing into that a little bit because now I have, I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old right now. And I want those kids to grow up to know their dad loved them. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what else happens in this world, you're a loved child. And just trying to get to the heart of what these parents have done and a lot of that has to do with the conversations you know having that safe place being able to approach and say 
hey, I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Hey, why did you do this to me? That embarrassed me. You know, and just being open to those conversations instead of mm-hmm. just feeling like, you know, that they're there and taking up space in the house. Right. You know, and, and being able to accomplish that. Sometimes it's easier said than done. I am not, yeah. you know, you I'm know, not I the mean, best parent in the world. You know, I get frustrated and tired and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. But I hope at the end of the day, my kids go to sleep knowing, you know, dad hugged me, dad kissed me, he tucked me in and he loves me. He loves me. So. Yeah, because there's a lot of regret knowing that my kids are now full grown and what I've actually missed out. I was there for the baseball games. I was there for my kids' soccer games. I was there, but I wasn't there at home. Yeah. And I regret that. You know, and... and I was there as in place, Yeah. but I wasn't there engaging, teaching them about the Word of God. And so that's my big... That was, that was one of my, my biggest regrets is I want my kids to be with me in heaven. Um, and I've got one that's, you know, the, the, that's taken the same path that I did. And that's my prayer. Yeah. Because m- m- my mother, before she passed away, I told her the story. And she said, you know how many times I've sat and I said, God, bring him back use the same words that the guy used on me at work. Yeah. God wants you back. Same words. So there's nothing like a praying mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's my prayer for my daughter, is to bring her back and not leave, then her not stay out there as long as I was. Yeah. So. You know, and, and that's, you know, me coming to know Jesus and have that relationship didn't happen until much later in life, you mm-hmm. know, in, in my 20s. Yeah. And uh, I look back at some of the people who really put effort into me when I was young, and they were my peers. Yeah. And, you know, how far since I have kind of surrendered those things and, and trying to, the best I can, live the life that, that I'm supposed to be living. Um, man, if I would have started 10 years earlier and, and been open to the things that were presented in front of me, I don't know where my life would be. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, I, I, I love my life that I have mm-hmm. now, and, you know, and, I, and I wouldn't ever wish for it to be different, but you know what? If I could have gone away without making some of the mistakes that I made, that would have been, that would have been a great deal. But God knows, the, He knows us. The timing is perfect, he right? Know, his, his timing <laughs> is always perfect. He knows when we're gonna accept, He knows when we're gonna surrender, yeah. and then He starts it. You know, but some people he can change overnight, and he will. Other people, it takes time. It's like peeling an onion. Yeah. You know, that first few layers are, are easy to peel off. You start getting into the middle, and then the tears start coming. And this, you know, the harder parts of the onion, it's hard to peel, and that's what he does to us. He peels those sin out of us, yeah. you know. And, and yeah, I have regrets. But I don't. I don't sit there and 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 think about them constantly, because I know God forgives me. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes and, and that's that's the devil working towards it, us. You know is. what I mean? It's 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 that idea that you mm-hmm. know, oh, you know, you did it before. Just yeah, do it again. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. 
I serve my Lord. I serve him with everything that I have. I serve him with my talents, my time, and my treasure. And there's nothing else that I would ever think about doing. So, so I, I love it. I mean, because I know my, I, I know where I was, and I know where I am now, and I would pref much rather prefer where I am now. And, it, and that's what I always, <laughs> I always tell people too, you know, for not being somebody who came into my faith a little later in life, I know what it felt like before. Yeah. And I know what it feels like now. Mm -hmm. And part of me is thankful for that. Yeah. Because I know, I know what evil things feel like. Mm -hmm. I know what I can accomplish. Right. On my own. On my own. <laughs> you know. And now I know what it feels like to mm. surrender some of that. I right. know what I can accomplish mm. with with the body of Christ and, and with Christ. You know, and so back to the idea of of that authoritarian that authoritarian mindset. I mean, with, did that happen young? I mean, is that something that you've, oh. carried, you've carried with you for... Oh, absolutely. That's the way my dad... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I brought it from my dad. Kind of learned trait. It was a learned trait. I mean, I didn't stop it. My generation, my brother did it. I did it. Yeah. And that's the way we were taught by our father because he didn't know any better. Yeah. You know? And so it was his wife that showed him the error in his ways. Your father? Huh? Your no, father? Or your, your brother? No, my brother's wife. Okay. You know, uh, my dad never did figure it out until he was, you know, the kid, we were so old and finally he realized what he had missed. Yeah. You know, but my dad would never go deep with us. You know, he would never have deep conversations. It was always about the weather or sports or, or you know, anything like that. But, he was very strict and very thought, but he was a great dad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He was a great provider, you know, and he knew he had to provide for his kids and his family. And he was, I mean, I know there was days, most days he was up at three o'clock in the morning to drive two hours to go to work. Mm -hmm. And he would be tired when he got home. And he didn't have patience for us kids. Playing and yelling Playing, and running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't have the patience for that. And there's days when he was well rested and he, you know, was being able to, you know, throw a ball around or take us to a, you know, ball game or, but to sit there and say he was a bad dad, he wasn't. He was only, he only did what his father yeah. taught him. And, you know, I, I look back, you know, you're that, you what probably around your father's generation mm -hmm. and, you know, those men were providers. You yes. Know, they depression era gentlemen. Yes. Um, you know, emotion was not a, a thing that was shown. You mm -hmm. know, I grew up with my grandfather, you mm -hmm. know, in the same way. You know, I mean, he, I know he loved me. I lived with him for a while and, and we spent a lot of time mm -hmm. together in my youth. Um, but, you know, yeah, not the most emotional of, of men. No. You know, and how you feeling? Oh, I'm, I'm fine. You I'm know, fine. You suck power it up. through it, get through it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I suck it up and, and keep moving forward because exactly. sometimes that's what you have to do, yeah. you know. And, and I think that, uh, you know, as we, as we grow and, and mature in faith, I think it also becomes a little more prevalent that, you know, we have to live a little more openly. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to show some emotion. We have to be able to uh, relate to those around us right. and, and bring them in. Nobody, I mean, nobody wants those superficial relationships. You know I mean? We have so many of them, but what are they worth? 
You know what yeah, I mean? Really it's, it's those handful yeah. of people that you can yeah. bring in that you can be a little tender with and, mm -hmm. and just live life together. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic experience once, yeah. you, once you build those relationships, but they're not easy. They're not easy. They're not easy at yeah. all. And that's what I try to instill now into my stepboy. You know, because he just got married a couple of years ago, and you know when he starts having kids, you know, I I tried to stop the madness, and I hope I didn't hope it wasn't too late. Yeah. Uh, but this is the way you need to do it. This is the way you need to father your kids, you know, and and show compassion, lift them up, don't tear them down, discipline them when they need. Yeah. But don't tear them down, and I tore my kids down, and it wasn't good. Um, and I've apologized to them for that, and and they've they've forgiven me for that, and that was that was hard, and we started to build from there, and it's 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 been pretty awesome. It's it's neat. <laughs> it's neat that you know you can kind of sit back and reflect on some of that. Yeah. And and see the error in your way. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. So you know one of the things that I've noticed, you know, maybe not quite to the extent. Um, you know, we were we were involved in a church plant years ago, and uh, one of the things that that I noticed was a lot of the men would order their wives to you know we're not doing anything we're sitting in the back lawn sitting talking, and yet they can't get up to go make themselves a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Oh my wife, my wife's here to serve me, and I have never I have never seen it that way. You know, uh, we're we're the bride you know what I mean and, and my wife is my bride my goal is to try to make her happy try to serve her and and work as a team you know mm -hmm. I mean it's when I approach my my marriage I really see it as a team mm -hmm. and I never got that from these gentlemen they would uh, oh she's just gonna do this for me well you're not doing anything she's running the kids down and trying to get dinner ready and all this, you know, 25 other things she's got on her plate, but you can't even get up and get yourself a sandwich? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I, I, it never, it never, it never really rationalized in my mind. And there it goes back to that generation too. Yeah. The provider. This is what I provide. Your job is to take care of the kids and serve me. And that's not what it says in the word. It yeah. says is to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And Christ loved the church, and he served the church, which means we are to serve our wife and to love her as Christ loved the church and to serve her and to love her, to lift her up, you know, not for her to wait on us hand and foot, yeah. you know, uh, because once we serve her and we give her her needs, um, she's going to then in turn respond to that and then it is going to be a team and it's not a 50 50 there's days when it's a hundred zero there's a days when it's 1090 you know you you don't look at the numbers you look at at the love yeah. you love her for her faults and for her 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 strengths um i read a book one time um, when i started to read again uh, yeah, <laughs> I started reading. Uh, it was about a couple that was in therapy. And they said, for one week, we want you to put everything that you 
that makes your spouse just annoy you, write it down and put it in this box. And then the next week we'll open it up. And they opened it up, the box, and she had put, you know, he keeps toothpaste on. I don't like the way his clothes on the floor. You know, I don't like, he, you know, he leaves the dishes out in, you know, in the living room. He doesn't take care of, you know, he picks up after stuff. And all kinds of stuff. And his was, I love my wife with all of her faults. That's yeah. all it was. That means so much. You know, it, it, it's funny, you know, I, I, me and my wife, we, we did a, a thing at our home church and uh, we got together and it wasn't, uh, it was just relationship building. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they hosted a little thing and you just went for one night and uh, one of the activities in it was write down what your spouse does in the day, okay? What's your spouse's average day look like? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, my wife is a college professor and, and I run a construction company. And, you know, I wrote, I remember I wrote down and it said something like, you know, she takes the kids and drops them off at daycare and then she goes and checks her computer, you know, gets her email, goes and gets a cup of coffee and goes to the, the office next door and talks with them. And next thing you know, by the time I got done with my day, I hardly had any work on there that she actually did. <laughs> and, and then, you know, so we wrote these things and then we had to read them to each other. And, uh, and so I read it to her and I felt kind of bad because, you know, I know they're paying her for something. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not right. just there to drink right. coffee and check her email. And then she read mine. He goes to the supply house to pick up parts. He eats donuts, you know. And <laughs> the next thing I know, you know, I think in an eight, ten hour day, I worked like an hour of it. Yeah. You know, he, he goes and checks on the job and then goes and buys more parts, you know. And, <laughs> And, you know, sometimes we just don't <coughs> accept or, or it doesn't rationally make sense to us what our spouses think or go through or, or do. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, just to accept them where they're at because, you know, I, I don't think that I could do life with somebody different than my wife. No. I don't think anybody else could put up with, you know, the headaches that I have. Sometimes I work too much. Sometimes right. I don't work enough, right. you know. I, you yeah. know, the long nights, uh, you know, the not able to sleep, you know, yeah. because I'm thinking about tomorrow and, and trying to wake up early the next day. And, and yeah. you know, I mean, it just, I, I give a lot and then I don't give. I mean, yeah, that whole, it's, sometimes it's 100 and sometimes <laughs> it's zero. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, it's kind of yeah. a yo-yo sometimes yeah. for us. And, you know, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, at least in, in my life, I'm grateful for having her and, and her acceptance of, mm -hmm. of my personality sometimes. Absolutely. Um, and I do this m most years, but when I first started it, uh, it was after we had reconciled and, and, um, uh, and, and we put Christ in our lives and, and, and we haven't looked back. Christ has been number one. Everybody keeps asking me, well, what would you do for Mother's Day? And I said, well, number one, she's not my mom, <laughs> you know? And I said, but what I always tell her, I don't give her roses, I don't give her candy, we don't spend money on each other. I tell her, you know, I really enjoy growing old with you. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I think that uh, even people who are young in their relationship, I hope that yeah. that is always a... Uh, a dream for them is yeah. to, to grow old together and be that idea of sipping yeah. sipping tea on a front porch watching the sunset. As and as I as love people. it. Yeah. We were out on the deck the other day and I thought, you know, this is cool. 
this is the way it's supposed to be. No place you'd rather be, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no conflict. There's there wasn't, you know. I mean, yeah, we have our faults and we discuss them, but we discuss them more now in a way that's loving and uplifting, you know. And we talk about them instead of fighting about them. And and so it's just. It's, it's, it's transformation that only God could do. And it's so awesome. Yeah. And it's so awesome that, yeah. I bet you uh, for the years that I've been doing this, I can count maybe now on, ten, on, on two hands of the times I've missed my devotions. I don't miss my devotions much. Man. Yeah. I'm dedicated. So now, I'm surrendered. So now... You guys, I mean, you, t you got stuff split up already. You, it's the end. Mm -hmm. How did you guys work through that? I mean, what, what, I mean just, you just sat down and said, no, I'm not going to sign the papers? I mean, how, how, did that, how did that work? Well, she wanted me to move out. Yeah. You know? And I said, I'm not moving. I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, I said, you know, I pay the bills here. This is my house. Just as much as you want to you leave and you can't stand, then you do it. But then all of a sudden she had an episode and she got sick. And she ended up in the hospital for a week. And we still don't know what happened. We don't know if it was a stroke. We don't know. But um, just by chance it was her son that had my back and said, how do you know if he's changed if he's away from here? Yeah. And so we just dealt with it and we prayed and she saw me doing my devotions every morning and how dedicated I was. And she would do hers and, you know, we, we were hit and miss on church. But it was a every week thing. Got into men's group, you know, and got around a bunch of men. And some of the groups didn't fit me because I thought, you know, really? So it's one of those things that I took, I took it to heart that said, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And that was my mission. Yeah. And it wasn't a thing, it wasn't a feeling. It was work. Okay. It was work. Yeah. You know, once you, you, I set my mind to it, there was no turning back. And I said, this is the way it's got to be. And I went to some counseling uh, not together, but me, because it was my problem. You know, she showed me the big picture. Well, Christ showed it to me, but through her, about what my life was getting ready to look like. And I didn't like that, that picture. I needed to change it. And so it was prayer, and it was, it was a God thing. It was, it was sitting down, and just every day it was a process. We didn't actually sit down and, and start, okay, it was a process, and it wasn't until months later, even only almost a year later, she finally realized. She said, you know, I've never told you I'm sorry. I never told you that divorce is off the table. You know, but I'm telling you right now, anything from now on, you know, because God says, doesn't want divorce. You know, she said, we can work through anything. Divorce is off the table. It's not even in our vocabulary. So in that, in that year time frame, I mean, in looking back now, hindsight's twenty twenty. but man, it showed me how selfish I was. Mm -hmm. It showed me all of, you know, this is my time. This is, this is what I do, you know, and now in 
the idea that my wife is no longer spending her time with me, she's spending time with the baby, which is, is silly because yeah. it's this beautiful little child who can't feed itself, can't take care of itself, can't do any of these things. I can do my own laundry, I can feed myself, <laughs> but yet I'm like, you know, you're not spending any time with me. And, you know, and yeah, I mean, you get that idea of, am I just here to make money? Am I just here to make sure that everything is taken yes. care of? And it just ingrains in your brain. And it's a, it's a, for me, it was almost a cycle. Yeah. I would just, and it would build itself up and build itself up until I would just Explode. pop about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I know, you know, that was, that was one of the harder times in our relationship. And uh, I came home one day and, and I started noticing things around the house were a little different. My wife, you know, was, was being in my mind kinder and gentler and, and taking care of things and, and you know, I didn't ever tell her thank you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I never, I never, I never stepped out of that grumpiness that I was about to, to mm -hmm. take care of it. And then I get this uh, letter sitting on my, my pillow one day, I think it was. And uh, there was a book called The Love Dare. I don't know if you remember it Yes. She went through this whole book and just, she loved on me all the time and I never took the time to thank her for it mm -hmm. until the end. And then I get this letter that pretty much says, hey, you messed up. I still love you. God still loves you. We're still doing this. Right. And you know, that, that letter has everything that I never want to hear about myself. But you know oh. what? I keep it. You keep it. I keep it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't want to ever get back there. No. I don't. You know, mm -hmm. and just to be able to have that memory of, listen, you know, these are things you are not proud of. These are things that you have to face. And if you don't face them, you have to face them with your wife. And you know, sometimes yeah. that's a scary that's thing. scary thing. Yeah. Absolutely. My, my kids, when, uh, when they were younger, they gave me a, they wrote down Daleisms. Yeah. And some of those things that I read, I wasn't real proud of. They, they didn't do it to hurt me. Yeah. They just, this is what they heard. Yeah. And I wasn't real proud of it, and I still have that. Yeah. And I said, I will not go back there. I will lift up my kids. I will lift up my wife. And, you know, don't sweat the small stuff and everything small. Yeah. God will provide everything. Everything. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I've matured so much in Christ, and in, and in that, He has mended the relationship, our marriage, my relationship with the kids. He has mended that, you know, all because I trusted God. Yeah. Well, Dale, thank you for just taking some time oh, sitting down welcome. with us today, and uh, you know, giving us a little insight into. Yeah. maybe relationships and how yeah. they can build and yeah. grow and change and evolve and, and being open and honest Oh, you're welcome. You know, what God did for me, he can do for every, every, everybody. Uh, there are different ways to get to the same result. So it's to sit there and say, this is what you have to do to get to this result is not. All you have to do is, is follow Christ and have that relationship with Christ. And he'll show you what relationship or which way he wants you to work 
to have that relationship. Sitting down in every devotion and in, in, in that dedication that I had, he knew that's the way I had to do it. Yeah. But that may not work for you. Yeah. It may not work for somebody else. You put in the time and the work. And but I, that's what I had to do. And he showed me that's what I had to do. So, but to get to the same result, there are different paths to get there. And you have to find that path. But first, it's called surrender. I think that's a great way to put it. I think it is. Thank you for your time, Dale. You bet. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Dale's story. Uh, I think that uh, male, female, I think that the gist of it was relationships and how we can work with those and, and uh, get past them and, and make them a productive, great thing. Sorry for the abrupt ending on it. We uh, were supposed to be in the church and somebody was supposed to set us up with a room that uh, didn't happen. So at the end of the day, they had to lock up the building and we were the last people there. So uh, we had to cut it a little bit short, but uh, Dale was a wonderful guest. Hopefully we can come back and talk with him again. So with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and uh, be blessed. <laughs>